Hello and welcome to another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin. And I'm Aaliyah. And I'm going to get some Taco Bell today. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You've Ta- already spent too much money on Taco Bell the past, like, two months. Psh, please. It wasn't no, even two months. It was no, like a month. It feels like for like the past two months, you've gotten Taco Bell now twice a week, and I'm sick of it. Eh, probably once a week. That's I, it. I'm not a fan of Taco Bell. I So today... We're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about some franchises. This is the part two of the uh, Child's Play franchise. Yeah. Uh, but first, Aaliyah wanted me to ask her something. So about, what, almost a month now? Yeah. You and I were hanging out at home. You were doing something in the kitchen, and then randomly out of nowhere, you asked me, Honey, do you know what my top five favorite vampire movies are? I know I should have and done I'm that like, because that was a trap. Yeah, because I'm like... What kind of question is this? I'm like, are you trying to test me to see how well I know you? Because no, I think I could do a pretty good job. I just want to know if you knew what my vampire movies are, because we always talk about that. Well, we, because you had an idea, like, you knew what your top at least three <sighs> were, but you couldn't decide what your four and fifth one were. So I said, based on how well I know you, I would have said Lost Boys is your number one, mm-hmm. Fright Night's your number two. Yeah. The Bella Lugosi version of Dragon Glow would have been your Even number three. Even though I still love the Bram Stoker Dracula with Gary Oldman. I know that, but when you when you talk about Dracula, you tend to revert back to Bella Lugosi's oh, rendition yeah. of it, so that's yeah. why I picked that as number three. <clears throat> yeah. Interview with a Vampire, number four. And then the fifth one was hard. I, I figured it was a toss-up between Hunger or Once Bitten. The Hunger, yes. The Hunger, whatever. <laughs> My point is, is that it's one of those two. And I figured since... You talk about The Hunger a lot. I figured that would have been your number five. But you said, well, you like comedy. Or, you know, you yeah, were, you I were like, like horror comedy. Yeah, also. you were like, well, I like horror comedy, so why couldn't it and, be Once Bitten? And then the one, and then I yeah. said, And then I said, well, you talk more about hunger than you do about Once Bitten. I know. I think it's because, like, now, like, as i gotten older, like, I've seen the Hunger movie growing up as a kid. I've seen it, like, the movie poster of it and everything. I haven't watched the actual movie until recently about a couple months ago and i was like man this is the hunger fuck it's like bauhaus trying to make a horror movie yeah so then i figure i would ask colin like well i feel like i know you well enough to know what your top five vampire movies are do you know what my top five horror franchises are yes and i think we sat there for a painstakingly like 30 minutes waiting for you to try to figure out which one's my ass (laughs) do you remember what they were yes can you tell me? Tremors, Scream. Those aren't in order, by the way. I don't care. We don't have to be in order. Anyway. I did it in order. I don't care. I'm trying to remember what in order, but I'm just naming off the movies that I know you like. <laughs> Scream, Tremors, uh, Child's Play. Shut up. <laughs> no, you shut your mouth. Don't you laugh over there. It's not funny. I know for sure it's definitely not Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not uh, Friday the 13th. Right. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. I remember what the other ones are. You like not Final Destination. <laughs> no, we already talked about that yesterday. Yeah, because all the Final Destination movies are on HBO Max right now, and they I have watched them. Actually, I've never really seen them either. I know Matthew Lillard's in in the first one. Is he? Is he? Oh, I don't think so. No. Oh, Stifler from American Pie is. Yeah. Yeah, which is so funny. Sean William Scott. Who who else? I thought I thought Matthew Lillard was in it, but I guess not. We're kind of getting off track here. What anyway. are my other two favorite <laughs> horror movie franchises? Oh, Jaws. No. What? <laughs> um, you know what's funny? When you were trying to guess this, 
one of my favorites was a shirt you were wearing. I'm not wearing it right now. Fuck. Um, yeah, you're not. But you have it. It's actually right over there on the bed. <gasps> Halloween. Duh. That's right. Yeah. I knew that. Now number five. I wish. I wish. Tim Burton had a franchise. So that would be one of them. I mean, he kind of had a franchise going with the Batman movies. But yeah, that, that's yeah. But he only did two. Yeah. yeah, but still, he kind of kickstart that a little bit with the oh. movie. Just like thing. Motley Crue, he kickstart my heart. Anyway, so let's see. Fuck. Um, there's got to be... All right. Um, I will say this, though. Like, I couldn't figure out a fifth one myself. I mean, yeah. I do like Jaws. Ah. I do like Jaws, but I think the first two were the that, best. That's and the, right. And yeah. the third one was okay. And you know what's funny? The third one is, I think it's a 3D one. Yes. Michael Caine's in that. Yes. How the fuck did they get Michael Caine for that one? I don't know. But anyway, my point is is that yeah. I couldn't really figure out the fifth one for myself, so I kind of just winged it, and I said the Fear Street trilogy. Yeah, but like... I know it's not a franchise franchise, but it's... But it's like it's, new still. and It's you know. a newer trilogy series that I enjoyed watching it's when it was released. It's more of a trilogy than a franchise. But it's still a franchise, considered. So I am going to say Fear Street would have been number five. The order, though, in which I would have ranked these is Halloween at number one, Child's Play number two, Scream is number three, Tremors is number four, and Fear Street is number five. But since Child's Play is my number two choice, do you want to get into the Yes, we're going to talk about the movies after the third one. So yeah, in, in part one we cover Child's Play movies one, two, and three. By the way, I did not plan this at all, but I realized that after releasing part one, Dead Meat, the YouTube channel, just started doing a kill recount of the Child's Play series. They found out what we were doing. We did not coordinate this at all. So when I released it and I saw that they released their their Child's Play kill count or recount, I was like, oh, shit. I didn't even realize that they were going to be doing that. That's awesome, though. Yeah. So, James, we didn't do this literally on purpose. I will say, though, that Dead Me does a much better job of going more in-depth about, like, the people behind making the movies. Like the cinematographers and the lighting directors and all that good stuff. And I, you know, I try to be as much detailed with our discussions as possible. But when you try to record five hours worth of content in a one hour episode, some things tend to get cut out. So that being said, we are going to be talking about Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, the Child's Play remake. And Ch- and, uh, and Bride of Chucky actually came out about seven years after Child's Play 3. So we didn't have a Child's Play 3, th- a Child's Play movie throughout the 90s until 98. Right. So Bride of Chucky was released on October 16, 1998. It had a runtime of an hour and 29 minutes. And it was directed by Ronnie Yu. It stars Brad Dourif, Jennifer Tilly, Catherine Heigl, Nick Stabile. I think that's how you pronounce it. Stable or Stabile. John Ritter and Alexis Arquette. And the synopsis goes, After being cut apart by police, killer doll Chucky is resurrected by Tiffany, an ex-girlfriend of the serial killer whose soul is inside the toy. Following an argument, Chucky kills Tiffany and transfers her soul into a bride doll. Any initial initial thoughts about this movie when you first saw it? Well, it was kind of funny because in the beginning when, what, 
the cop was kind of like picking up the body and everything of the doll mm-hmm. and in this like kind of like asylum type of thing there was actually different weapons in there from different killers yeah so the way the synopsis goes in the beginning of the movie officer robert bailey mm-hmm. i think that's his name he goes to the evidence depository not an asylum an evidence depository and he goes to pick Never up mind. he goes to pick up a bag of doll parts and he's going to meet a like, mysterious person at this secluded location to sell the parts to this person. For money. Exactly. So he gets there. He's waiting for the person to show up. He gets a little spooked. And then out of nowhere, uh, his throat gets slashed. Yeah, by Turn- Tiffany. Yeah, it turns out it's by Tiffany, who Which- we now know is the former girlfriend of Charles Lee Ray. Which I think it's a wise choice that they chose Jennifer Tilly for this role. Yeah, Jennifer Tilly's been... Because it's like, I've seen her in things. She's been in movies for years, yeah. way before Bride Chucky. And I think Bride of Chucky kind of rose her to a, little, a bigger fan. Yeah, the Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky movies definitely put her in a different fan base where it was like, we loved her for her role of Tiffany. We loved her for her role in the later movies that came. She definitely has a pretty good knack of playing the psychotic, bitchy type of like villain character. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I enjoyed this movie. And actually, it's one of my favorite movies in the Child's Play franchise. And it's also Brad Dourif's. Because he said personally, this is one of my favorite Child's Play movies until The Curse of Chucky came out in 2013. Do you want to go through a quick synopsis or rundown of the movie? I know we talked a little bit about the beginning. But where we picked off from the beginning, after Tiffany kills the cop. Mm-hmm. Let's go from there. Basically, Tiffany takes uh, the body uh, the body parts of the doll back to her trailer. Mm-hmm. She does like a little ritual voodoo kind of like ceremony. Tries to get them back and everything. Does the spell, does the words, but doesn't come back right away. She thinks she failed the, the ritual. Yes. So it takes a little bit. And then all of a sudden, poof, he comes out of nowhere, pops out of life, comes back to life, freaks her out. I think you're glossing over certain details. The boyfriend... That she has at the Oh, time. yeah, the Alexis guy from Ar- the, 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 the... Well, she was in uh, Wedding Singer. Yeah. Yeah, that was so funny that she went from that to this movie. <laughs> yeah, so Alexis Arquette plays Damien, and he tries to be th- like Tiffany. He tries to be edgy, he tries to be cool, he tries to be dark, he tries to be murderous like she is. And he can't really bring himself to do it, so the best thing he's capable of doing is providing fake pictures of murdered people to try to please her. And appeal to her, you know, darker side. Mm-hmm. And she calls him out on his bullshit, saying, these are fake. You can't even, like... Those nails, I ever yeah. recognize the, the Yeah, she recognizes nail, nail polish in the picture. So she's, you can't even, like, man up enough to do the job. And that's when she realizes that she turns her back, tries, sees that the doll is gone, and notices that maybe the ritual worked. Maybe he came back to life. Maybe I've brought Chucky back. So then she starts to play a game with Damien. It's not really a game. It's just this coy to murder him, essentially. It's a setup. So she ties him to the bed. She does find the Chucky doll. The Chucky doll pops up. And she puts Chucky on top of Damien while he's tied to the bed. She does a little strip tease, and she tells him about her relationship with Chucky. And Damien makes some remarks about Chucky being too little to please a woman like her. And that's when he starts to, like... That's when he turns his That's when he reveals his living self. Yeah, and I like the I like the line he opens up with in this scene. It's not the size that counts. It ain't the size that counts, asshole. It's what you do with it. He rips one of the piercings out of Damon's face and mm-hmm. sits 
on top of his face with a pillow over it to smother him. And they just had like this can like him and Tiffany have this casual conversation where they're just kinda like I love catching when, up. I love when he sits on his head and he looks at Tiffany and he's like, Hi. Mm-hmm. And then and she does the same thing. I was like, This is how you start a conversation. Mm-hmm. Is it here? This is hilarious. Like I said, it's a ca- it's a casual conversation between two people who used to have relations. Right. So they're just shooting the shit. And he's like, well, you know, why are you dating this guy anyway? And she's like, well, I'm never really lo- in love with him. You know, I'll kill anybody, but I'll only sleep with somebody that I truly love. So Damien eventually does succumb to being smothered to death. And then Tiffany and Chucky have a tender moment and they like rekindle their relationship. Mm-hmm. And first, Ed kind of hops back and forth between Tiffany and Chucky to Jade and Jesse who's played by Katherine Heigl and Nick Sabile, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. I, again, I keep mispronouncing it. If I am, I apologize. But Katherine Heigl plays Jade. She's the niece of the local sheriff. Of John Beth, Ritter. Who's played by John Ritter. Which he actually is really good in this movie. He plays like definitely a good monster. Yeah, he plays a dick in this movie. Like a big and dick. Actually, Julia Stiles got the part for Jade, but she dropped out to play the role in 10 Things I Hate About You, which is still a good movie. Oh, I shit. love that movie. Julia Stiles could have been in this? Yeah, which would have been awesome, by the way. Would have been interesting to see how that would turn out. Nothing against Katherine Heigl, but as an adult now, she's come a little bit high maintenance from what I've heard in yeah, recent news. It's kind of a bitch from what I heard. So, pop back and forth to these two kids. You know, they're trying to go to a school dance together, and they can't make their relationship known to her uncle because he doesn't approve of her relationship. And he actually goes out of his way to use his authority as a policeman to mm-hmm. get her boyfriend in trouble, to tr- further drive him apart, which doesn't work. And I don't get why parents think, it, or parents or guardians, I don't get why they think that this works. Like, you think that by... Forcing them to be apart is going to want them to be apart. No, it's just going to make them want each other even more. Mm-hmm. That's like reverse psychology shit. Yeah. It's like the forbidden fruit effect. You tell somebody you can't have this because it's not good for you, yeah. but they're going to want to try it anyway because... Parents should realize that more, and they should. Like, in, in situations like this where it's like, kids are going to make their own decisions, and, you know, as young adults, like... Jade and Jesse, you know, they're old enough to make those decisions and be able to learn from those mistakes. Not to say that their relationship is potentially a mistake, but I feel like the actions that they take throughout the rest of this movie is just one constant mistake after another. This is wild. Yeah, it's just a wild roller coaster ride of like trying to figure out like a whodunit situation. Because what happens is Warren, her uncle, played by John Redder, once again thwarts their attempts to be together, takes Jade home, and that's when their friend, I think his name is David, he mm-hmm. says, If I were you, I would take D- Jade, get out of town, and just never look back. And he just, you know, he thinks about doing that, but not after he talks to Tiffany, who the next day is trying to like hide Damien's body. She stuffs his body in a trunk and goes to drop it off somewhere unknown location. But she gives Jesse some sound advice. And she always does this throughout the movie. She always recites phrases that her mother used to tell her. Like one of the things that she says in the in like the very first time we hear this mm, that's is kinda weird she does that too. Yeah, and the first time we hear her say something like this is during that night, that first night, she brings Chucky back. She tries to get him to kind of settle into this role she's kind of got for him. She's like, you know, I've made your favorite dinner. I set up a little nursery from when we decide to have babies and all that stuff. And he kind of laughs in her face saying, you know, like, 
you're crazy if you think I'm going to settle down and want to get married and live the domestic life. And it breaks her heart. And she gets her revenge. Like, she locks Chucky in the little little makeshift, like, playpen that she had set up. And she says to her, you know, my mother always said to me, love will set you free. But she realizes in that instance that she had been waiting for him for a very long time, only for it to blow up in her face. So now she's exacting her revenge at this moment to trap Chucky. Like he still make, hasn't changed yet. Yeah, to kind of like torture him. So the next day she goes out, she disposes of Damien's body, she talks to Jesse, and she said, you know, never take your girlfriend for granted. And she said, my mother always said to me, a woman slaves away over a hot stove, but the least the man can do is wash the dishes. Which comes up later on in the movie. So Jesse takes this in, he decides, okay, I do want to be with Jade. And I know she's not happy in her current living situation, but I want her, her and I to be together without there being any issues. So he decides to plan this thing where he's going to go pick up Jade. They're going to run off together, and, and they're going to they're going to start a whole new life together hmm. as a young couple. And after he decides to do this, Tiffany goes back home. She bought a bride doll, like about a two foot tall bride doll, about the same size as Chucky. Kind of uses this to like mock him about like, well, if you don't want to marry me, I'll give you this little doll to like play with make friends with and she finds this ring so she says that she's had this ring ever since she found it the night he was killed she found it apparently on the mantle of their apartment i guess and he said oh i didn't get that for you i took it off of some dead girl i threw her body over a bridge and something and she's like, again, that that was kind of the thing that stirred up the argument in the first place. That stirred up the whole thing, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so she, on this bride doll, she puts a necklace on it with the ring attached to it. Yeah. So she goes back in her trailer and she, you know, leaves Chucky by himself with the bride doll. She's in her bathtub watching movie and she's watching Bride of Frankenstein. Which this whole movie, I feel like, is like based off that. We talked about this last night, about the Universal Monsters, and how even though it's primarily, they're all horror movies about these horror monsters, there's still like an underlining love story tied to all of them. Oh yeah. And with Bride of Frankenstein, it's a kind of weird love story where all the Frankenstein monster wants is to have somebody like him to love and be loved by. Well, because all monsters want to be in love. Yeah. Not just normal people, but monsters too. Yeah, but when the Bride of Frankenstein is reanimated and she sees the Frankenstein monster, she's horrified by him and doesn't quite go the way that we expected. But it's kind of the same way that Tiffany felt when she brought back Chucky. You know, she thought that by bringing him back, he would be grateful for her bringing him back and they would try to pursue a way to get him into a new body so they can be together in like human yeah, form. But it didn't work out that way. Doesn't quite work the way she hopes and she could probably sympathize with the Frankenstein monster in this aspect while watching the movie. So she's watching the movie and Chucky then during this time has escaped from the pen. Mm-hmm. He takes the bride doll and makes his way over into the bathroom. He pops through the curtain pushes the TV rack into the tub and electrocutes Tiffany. Mm -hmm. This is when, after that happened, after she's electrocuted to death, he performs the same ritual and transfers her soul from her dead body to the doll. Now, Tiffany and Chucky are now both dolls. How are they going to get out of this situation? So Chucky says to her, when I died back in 1988, which is interesting because... 
in the opening credits where Tiffany's putting together the Chucky doll, you see like newspaper clippings hanging on her wall about all the child's play cases surrounding the killer doll stories. The dates on those newspaper clippings, uh, they date the death of Charles Lee Ray as November 8th, 1988. That was the release date of the first Child's Play movie. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I thought that was really cool of them to do that. So, he says the night that he died, he was wearing a special voodoo amulet that he can be able to use to transfer their souls from dolls to human bodies. Which makes me wonder, if you needed that amulet to transfer your soul from a doll to human, why did you feel like you didn't need it in the first, in the first three movies? Yeah. Made no sense. I just thought that was weird continuity, like, writing stuff. So anyway, he tells Tiffany, we have to go to Hackensack, New Jersey, dig up my grave, get the amulet off my body, and then we need to find a couple of poor schmucks to transfer our souls into. So Tiffany decides... I know a couple people who are looking for a fresh start who we might be able to fresh start with too. So she convinces Jesse to deliver these two dolls from wherever they live to Hackensack, New Jersey. And she promises him, I'll give you $1,500 now and the other 15 half when you drop off the dolls. Not knowing that when they get to their destination, she and Chucky are going to try to transfer their souls into their bodies. So he picks up Jade that night, tells her the plan, Jade's a little apprehensive about it because she knows that Tiffany's not all there. Mm. So they went ahead and do it. And while they're packing up Jade's stuff, Warren shows up. He sees that Jesse's van is in his driveway. And he feels like this is the right time for me to plot again to get rid of Jesse. But I want to backtrack a little bit because I almost glossed over a very important scene that's like a pretty iconic scene in the whole movie. It's Tiffany's doll glow up montage. Mm -hmm. The song, the Blondie song Call Me plays in the background, which I absolutely love. How do you feel about that transformation scene, by the way? Well, it's like when you see any transformation of any being in a movie that comes to life, it's like kind of like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you first see like when you first see the first vampire like, that's, like, the most iconic one. Or, like, you see the first creation of something mm-hmm. before your eyes. It's kind of, like, the same with this. This is, like, iconic because everybody knows about Tiffany. And Tiffany is practically famous in the horror world. Mm-hmm. So her transformation, this was actually a pretty good introduction to introduce her doll character. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. Because when we're first introduced to Tiffany Valentine, she's played by Jennifer Tilly. She's in this human body. She's gorgeous. She's blonde. She's got this dark makeup. She wears these really, like, alluring clothing. Mm-hmm. And you can tell she's kind of like a bad girl from the wrong side of town kind of type. And to, to some extent, men appeal to her. So she starts to incorporate the same look that she portrays in her human self into this doll. Bleaches her hair blonde. She puts on dark makeup. She draws her chucky heart tattoo on the same spot where her physical self had. And she dresses herself up in, like, a wedding dress with a leather jacket and boots. And she looks like Tiffany in the form of a doll. Mm -hmm. So we get that glow up. And Jesse comes and picks up the dolls. He puts them in his van. He brings them over to Jade's house. So while Warren is in the van, he's trying to plant a bag of weed in Jesse's van in hopes to pull him over later to get him arrested. That's so dumb. It is dumb. And not for nothing... That's not to say that this doesn't happen in real life. I'm sure it does. It's just a really shady way of going about it 
to try to go to such lengths to keep your niece, who you've clearly stated in the beginning you didn't care what happened to her after she graduated from high school, but to say that and then go completely out of your way to make sure she doesn't do anything to destroy her future by dating this guy you feel is not worthy of dating her, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't get it. Maybe he's worried about his own reputation. That too. But while he's in there, Chucky and Tiffany decide we got to get rid of him because he's going to fuck with our ride. We need to be able to get this kid to drive us from here to Hackensack, New Jersey. And, I like his kill, so. And I love that, like, Tiffany as a person kind of, like, changes the way we look at slasher movies these days. Because she even calls Chucky out for wanting to stab Warren. There's a scene that goes around a lot when we think of Bride of Chucky, and it's this moment she shares with Chucky. She's like... Were you born with that knife super glued to your hand or what? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, come on, Chucky, drag yourself into the 90s. Stabbings went out with Bundy and Dahmer. You look like Martha Stewart with that thing. He's like, who the fuck is Martha Martha Stewart? Stewart. My idol. And what does Martha tell you to do when guests drop by for dinner? You haven't had time to shop. You improvise. And I'm sorry, I know that movie line for line, word for word. So if I start reciting certain lines, don't come at me. So (laughs) she decides in Jesse's van, he's got some tarp, some string, and some nail, right? She's like, I got an idea. She's like, we're going to lure this guy to the front of the van. I'm going to sit there and look all cute and pretty in my little doll outfit. And you're going to sit in the bottom with a rope in your hand. And what this rope does, if he cuts it, it unloads the spring trap on the dashboard and it causes these nails to project out into this man's face. Mm -hmm. Causing a pinhead-looking no, resemblance. Because Chucky, remember when Chucky yeah. th- th- um, said after that happened, he was just like, wow, that looks, looks familiar. Yeah, he's like, why does that look so familiar? Because yeah. what happens is the nails do not kill Warren, but they subdue him. He mm. gets struck in the face, and you can tell he's shocked by it, and he twitches and stops moving. And Chucky looks at him like, why does that look so familiar? Mm. So now Tiffany and Chucky have to hide the body in the van. While Jade and Jesse are heading back to the van. And they take off and they back on the road. Well, they don't go too far. They pull up in front of this dive bar place where all these like other teenagers are hanging out. And they get pulled over by the sheriff deputy. I know they call him Needlenose. I know that's not really his name. But they, they nickname him Needlenose because he's such a fucking brown noser who always does whatever. He's a little the, narc. Yeah. He's a little narc who does whatever the chief tells him to. And even Jay calls him out for it. It's like, so do you get your kicks off of torturing us, you know, just for fun? Or does my uncle pay you extra? And he does admit that he pays him extra. That's to, cool. To, to thwart their attempts to be together. Yeah. And she threatens, she lunges at him, ready like, to I'll punch him in the face. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which gets a lot of people's attention. So then what happens is Jesse says to Jane, you know, go inside, get some food for the road, and I'll talk to him and I'll deal with him. The deputy goes in. Sees the dolls, thinks they're creepy, but not before he sees the bag of weed that Warren left behind. Uh-huh. So, finds the little baggies, about to rest Jesse, goes back into his car to call in for backup. I think. I'm not sure if he really was, but he just goes, I just know that he goes back mm-hmm. to his car. So, again, Chucky and Tiffany's ride is being compromised, so now they gotta do something about it. So, using the lighter that Tiffany took from the cop in the beginning of the movie, yeah. Chucky decides to crawl his way over to the cop car, stick a rag in I the do gas. Remember that, yeah. yeah, sticks a rag in the gas tank, lights it on fire, crawls back to the van. And you know this pretty well because there's a moment when this happens when he's crawling from one car to the other. 
he stops and sees this like this stoner kid in his car and they lock eyes for a moment and then chucky flips him off and he's and the stoner kid goes rude fucking doll which yeah he is yeah but it was so funny towards the end before the cop died Literally, the the dolls are waving at him, and he mm-hmm. starts screaming. That was so funny. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this movie is attempt to be a scary movie, but it's mostly very funny. But mm-hmm. in the right sense. Because I feel like in the third movie, the third movie was trying to be funny, but it mm-hmm. did, some of the lines just really didn't really shoot off. But this movie had a lot more of a hilarious comedy aspect to it. Where three should have been, but it wasn't. But this movie, it definitely has a good mix I think of definitely thrills and kills. I don't mean to rhyme there. And also like good laugh out loud like one-liners and like little parts here and there. And I think it definitely was because of definitely uh, Jennifer Tilly. Mm -hmm. Because Jennifer Tilly is incredibly hilarious. So a lot of the lines, I wouldn't be surprised if she even improvised. And going back to what I said about the Frankenstein movie, I just found something really interesting. So this film marks the first appearance of Chucky's, quote, Frankenstein-inspired redesign with numerous stitches and scars across his face and outfit. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. I actually do have a Funko with those stitches on his face. Yeah, I feel like that's what everyone knows Chucky now. I mean, before yeah. the this movie where he had the stitches, everyone just knew him as the normal face, non-stitch Chucky. Now, with this movie, it's kind of like reinventing himself. Right. And I feel like that's what kind of Chucky does throughout his timeline and his movies i think out of all the killers or out of all the creatures in horror movies a lot of them a lot of them kind of reinvent themselves but i think the one that reinvents himself more than anything is chucky and he's and for that makes him more relevant i do want to point out something really funny here sorry i'm kind of like eating pizza while i talk but yeah that's what i was doing earlier (laughs) so it throughout this movie i do will give it this it has one probably like the best soundtrack i've ever heard who's on the soundtrack i can't really i don't really have a full list because i'm not able to pull it up but two of rob zombie's movies are featured in the film living dead girl and thunder kiss 65 brad duroff would later play sheriff bracket in rob zombie's remakes of halloween and halloween 2 Mm -hmm. which we have talked about previously but i always i still find that really fucking cool though Mm mm-hmm so, where we left off. So, Chucky blows up the cop car. Now this starts to raise even more suspicion towards Jesse and Jay because they were last seen talking to the cop and Jay was threatening to pulverize him, is yeah. what her words. They take off in the midst of all the chaos and hysteria over the explosion. They don't know what's going on. So they decide, fuck it, we've already run away from our homes. We have nothing to go back to right now. We should just keep going. And they decide to stop at it stop for the night at a they're kind of like the little chapels that you do for like quickie weddings oh that's like the las vegas type quickie weddings it's like a hotel with a, like a i feel like it's like a vegas thing i forgot yeah what it is. so like yeah. you know how like in vegas you have these little like quickie chapels for little quickie weddings for those who are like drunk and in love and make stupid decisions it's like kind, elvis kind of, presley type of like kind of which is always weird to me why did why did they associate these little small wedding type places and mix them with Elvis Presley. This moment going on where there's this weird sense of distrust from both Jesse and Jade. One of them feels like the other's the real killer who blew up the cop car. And even though they 
are suspicious of each other, they still decide to go ahead and get married to each other, which I always find very odd. That's like, but this is like a weird fucking decision to make. If you're that suspicious of the other person and you decide, oh yeah, let's go ahead and get married. While they're doing that, Chucky and Tiffany have a tender moment in the van where they're talking about like all the things that Tiffany wanted to do before she decided to settle down or things she wanted to do with her life before she, you know, figured about dying or anything. And then Chucky kind of has a soft moment where he apologizes to her for all the crap he put her through. And then after Jade and Jesse's wedding, they go back into the hotel. And I find it funny because Jade's in the hotel room and she calls her friend David. And Jesse's out on a payphone outside talking to David with her friend. And they both confide in him that they feel like the other one had been the one that killed the deputy. It's just one of those moments where even he's like... You know, well, if you're not sure, why don't you talk to her? And they don't feel like they can feel comfortable or safe enough to talk about it and address the issue. You know, they kind of, like, go about their night in this weird, like, tense moment with each other. But their night also gets crashed a bit when another couple walks in and assumes that they were supposed to be in that room. And they actually are con artists because Tiffany sees that the, the wife of the couple steals their wallets, steals their money, tries to steal their cash and stuff. So that night, the con artist couple are in the other room, and Tiffany decides to sneak into the room, and she takes a champagne bottle, and it's one of those, like, honeymoon suites where the bed is like a water bed, mm-hmm. and then there's like a mirror over it, yeah, which is kind of weird. Yeah, she breaks the mirror. Yeah, she the throws bottle. the champagne bottle up in the mirror. She sees the yeah. doll yeah, doing this. But she throws the champagne bottle up into the mirror, it breaks, and all these shards of glass come falling down, and it cuts the couple, and it kills them. And it breaks the waterbed. So Chucky witnesses this moment with Tiffany and becomes in love with her. And he decides to use this moment to officially propose to her as his wife. Yeah, basically he took the ring, and he was like, I should have done this years ago, but he uh, basically proposed to her. Yeah. And then they did this... disturbing thing that I hated when I was a kid. Yeah, that was improvised, by the way. That damn doll sex scene is disgusting. Yeah, according to Jennifer (sighs) Tilly, the doll sex scene was all improvised. Which I thought was interesting. You know, it was like, you know, I, I don't know what was worse. That scene, or... The puppet sex scene from Team America World Police, which that was gross. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what was worse, but like compare the two, yeah, it's disgusting. Anyway, go on. So Tiffany and Chucky consummate their marriage. Next morning, housekeeper, played by Kathy Najimy, walks in on the Connors couple, finds them dead. Kathy Najimy, why does that name sound familiar? She played Mary Sanderson in Hocus Pocus. Oh shit, that's right, that's her, yes. Yeah. Oh my god, I love her. Anyway, go on. She's amazing. I love her as an actress. But anyway, Jesse and Jay wake up to the sounds of the housekeeper screaming. They realize something happened with the couple the other night, and they decide to bail. So they take the dolls, they get in the car, and they bail. (laughs) Unbeknownst to them, though, their friend David stowed away in their van and confronts them about, you know, I'm not so sure you guys realize that you both are distrustful of each other, but I also don't think that you guys actually did it because he was convinced that by the way that they both sounded over the phone, because the way that they were talking about each other, he's like, it seemed very certain to me that you guys were dead set that the other one was the killer, which leads me to believe that either none of you are at fault here or one of you is really at fault and you're just really good at acting Mm -hmm. and pretending like it's not your fault. Exactly. But he knows, but since he feels like he knows them well enough, he's going to chalk it up to the former and say that it, this could be just a bad coincidence it could just be a really bad like accident that happened and you both aren't at fault over it now he says this before discovering warren's body 
in the Because didn't truck. he, like, notice some blood outside the box? He noticed a smell, the smell. In, the, in the van. And Jay chalks up to Jesse's dirty socks. But, you know, he finds Warren's body and starts to become scared. Now he starts to really believe that his friends, or one of his friends at least, is the murderer. He takes Warren's gun that's still strapped to his holster, or makes them pull over the van. So he reveals to them that you guys are crazy, and he shows them Warren's body, which they clearly didn't know was in their van the entire time. Yeah. So he's freaked out, doesn't know what to do. He has the gun pointed at them, trying to keep them from harming him, if that was his, you know, mindset. Then Chucky and Tiffany decide to come to life at this moment and try to take control of the situation. Chucky has his own gun and weapon and tells David to drop the gun, tells Jesse and Jay to get back in their seats and move the van. David, who gets freaked out by seeing Chucky come to life, walks out into the middle of the road and gets hit by a semi-truck, which is very brutal. And so they get back in the van, they drive away. They're being held hostage now by Tiffany and Chucky. Chucky tells them, now people are going to recognize this van and they're going to be looking for you too. So now we got to switch vehicles. So they decide to hijack an RV that belonged to an elderly couple that Chucky and Tiffany killed and stuffed their bodies in the closet. And while they're making their way to Hackensack, Tiffany decides to try to live out her fantasy of a married wife. She's in the kitchenette, she's doing Jade's makeup, trying to get her ready for the soul swapping ritual. Jesse and Chucky are hanging out in the front of the vehicle. Jesse's driving, Chucky's got the gun pointed at him. You know, he's just shooting shit with Jesse about. You know, being a married man, didn't realize it had so many good perks. And Jesse realizes that Tiffany cooking in the kitchenette of the RV, she's left all these dirty dishes in the sink. Thinking back to what Tiffany had told him earlier in the movie, he decides to use his disadvantage. So he makes a comment to Chucky about her not being a good housekeeper with all those dirty dishes in the sink. Mm-hmm. So Chucky makes a crack at Tiffany about, you know, those dishes are not going to clean themselves. And this makes Tiffany pissed because thinking back to what her mother said about marrying a good man who at least helps out with cleaning the dishes if you're going to, like, cook all day. So she starts getting violent. She starts screaming at him. You know, and they start throwing words back and forth at each other, distracting themselves from the main goal here. Everything goes crazy. And to make a long story short, they all survive the crash. Now, Tiffany is burned very badly from being trapped in an oven. And Jade and Jesse are kind of bruised and banged up from the crash. Now, Chucky has taken Jade hostage and has encouraged her to go on foot the rest of the way to the cemetery. And then Jesse gets a hold of Tiffany and another handgun, and he chases after the other two. So they make their way to the cemetery. Now, again, I've glossed over some information here. So while all this is happening and all these deaths that are following Jesse and Jade throughout their escapades, the police have discovered that the lighter that was used to blow up the cop had a fingerprint on it, and that fingerprint did confirm that it belonged to Charles Lee Ray, who was a dead serial killer. So they're like, well, now we got to really confirm if Charles Lee Ray is dead or not, because how would his fingerprint turn up on a lighter belonging to a dead officer? All right. So when Chucky and Jade approach the cemetery, somebody from the medical examiner's office is already digging up Chucky's corpse and Chucky and Jade arrive and Chucky shoots the coroner in the head but she goes down gets the amulet throws it to him and Jesse and Tiffany arrive and there's this huge standoff between the four of them Chucky will let Jade go Jesse will let Tiffany go and they respectfully go to their significant others Chucky then throws the knife at them intending to hit Jade but Jesse turns and takes stabbing so now Jesse's hurt Chucky's able to subdue him. I don't know how. That's never really been 
shown how a two-foot doll can subdue two grown people. Which is weird. It is weird. So then he tries to go ahead and perform the ritual, but then Tiffany kind of has something of an epiphany, where she's like, we're two dolls. We're, we're the souls of two dead people who are living in these dolls, and we're trying to steal the lives of these two seemingly innocent people who did nothing wrong to us in the first place, and they had so much to live for with their lives that we shouldn't be doing this to them. To quote the Bride of Frankenstein, so, yeah. she says, we belong dead. And turns on Chucky, and there's this huge fight between the two of them. Now, Chucky does manage to kill Tiffany, but not before Tiffany is able to stab Chucky and, you know, overpower him too. So he gets pushed into the the pit where the coffin is, and then Jade uses this moment to shoot and kill the Chucky doll. It's not quite the end, because what happens is the lead detective in this investigation that's been ongoing shows up at the cemetery. He sees the two dead dolls, he sees Jesse and Jade, and confirms they try to tell him, we didn't do this, we're just two kids just trying to start a new life for ourselves, and all this stuff happened, so he lets them go. He sees this dead, or assumingly dead, Tiffany doll just lying in the grass, and he goes to investigate it, he pokes her, she doesn't move. Suddenly, she does spring to life and starts screaming. It turns out, Tiffany got pregnant the night that her and Chucky had sex, and she pops out this weird little like doll like creature baby and it attacks the detective and that's where the movie stops and the credits roll yeah and that's bright of chucky how did you feel about the movie as a whole well i've always liked the movie when i was a kid i thought it was pretty fucking weird i mean it was hilarious and stuff but just that ending alone i always hated because that how terrifying that fucking disgusting that baby looked mm-hmm. but Overall, I actually like that movie. I actually like it better than uh, than three, honestly. I mean, yeah. I like one and two a lot, but I feel like if I had to put my top five movies in, where my top three, it would definitely be those three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would try. I would try to think about what my other ones are, but for the most part, part one, part two, and Bride of Chucky have always been my three favorite Chucky films. Yeah. So yeah, but I would definitely highly recommend people watching that movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I do like Bride of Chucky, and in my review in my book, I wrote down, you ever wonder what kind of woman would be attracted to serial killers, or if a male horror movie killer met his match or female counterpart? This comes pretty close to that. The choice of soundtrack music is great, and I love the cast. This is the movie that gets a little bit silly with its dialogue and writing style, but I did enjoy it. That's what I liked about it. I liked the silliness of this one. Yeah. Because it was like, this was humor that it made sense. Yeah. And at the time that I wrote this, I gave it a 6.6 out of 10. But I would give it a much higher rating at this point. I'd probably give it an 8. Yeah. I, lo- I mean, I love Bride of Chucky. I it's love that of- you redeemed your your uh, your score and made it go up a little bit. Well, I like it. You know, it, it it's funny. It's quirky. It has its moments. But for the most part, I thought the kill scenes were pretty creative. I thought that the whole, like, character art development for most of these characters were pretty interesting, considering the fact that up until now, we've never seen Chucky, the killer doll, show any compassion for anything else besides himself. And to show that he actually can love something more than himself is pretty interesting. Yeah, exactly. What what kind of rating would you give this movie? I give it definitely um, a 9 out of 10. Okay. You know, but other than that, yeah, <clears throat> that's what I would give it. All right. Honestly. 
So State of Chucky was released on November 12, 2004. It has a runtime of an hour and 33 minutes and was directed by Don Mancini. It stars Brad Dourif, Jennifer Tilly, Billy Boyd, and Redman playing himself. And the synopsis goes, Gentle Glenn is a ventriloquist dummy, the offspring of evil dolls Chucky and Tiffany, who are now deceased. When Glenn hears of a film being made about his parents, he goes to Hollywood and resurrects them in an attempt to get to know them better. Any thoughts you want to mention before we try to go in? Honestly, I've never really seen this movie. You know, you never I've, seen it? Never seen the whole thing, no. Okay. I've only seen bits and pieces, so I really don't know the whole thing about this. I mean, I know that he was the one that was given birth to. He, for some reason, has a British accent, which is fucking weird. Yeah, because it's never really shown how Glenn comes to meet the man who would sort of raise him. He's a British ventriloquist who adopts Glenn, puts him, like, an accent part of his skit. They travel together. So Glenn adopts this British accent, but he doesn't really know much about his lineage as a living doll. Mm -hmm. He just knows that there's a part of him that he's afraid of. He has these nightmares a lot about killing people. For the most part, he's, you know, not sure exactly who his parents are, where his lineage is from. He just knows that I'm not like most people. And on his wrist, it says made in Japan. So he's also Japanese too, which is a little odd. But overall, this is a very meta movie because there's a movie being made about the adventures of Chucky and Tiffany, the killer dolls of Haddensack, New Jersey. He's like, oh, these are two living dolls just like me, and these could be my parents. So he travels to Hollywood. It's never really confirmed how he got a hold of the amulet that was discussed in the last film, but he got a hold of an amulet, and on the back of it has the incantation he needs to resurrect his parents. So he recites the incantation, And through these two animatronic dolls of Tiffany and Chucky, he reanimates them as his parents, actual souls of Chucky and Tiffany, Mm -hmm. into these dolls. And they're on the set of Hollywood. Jennifer Tilly plays herself. She also does the voice of Tiffany. But Jennifer Tilly as herself is playing the role of Tiffany in this makeup movie. And this is like a part of her life where she's not really getting a lot of roles. She's not really scripted in a lot of movies. She's not really getting a lot of gigs. So her career's not really like as glamorous as it used to be. So Tiffany sees her. She's in awe of her. She knows of Jennifer Tilly. She's a big fan of Jennifer Tilly. And she wants to be like her. So she says, you know, if we're going to do this, like if we're going to try to redo what we tried last time and transfer our souls into human do- into human forms. I want Jennifer Tilly to be my vessel. So she becomes like the main focus for Tiffany to get what she needs. But now they have a child who's a doll as well. So how can we just figure out whose soul is going to go into what vessel? Yeah, it makes sense. So Tiffany tries to see what... She's like, well, I already picked out my vessel, but now I got to figure out who is Chucky soul gonna go into and who is my child's soul gonna go and go into because it's never really confirmed whether glenn is a male or female they even try to look at his genitals to confirm and there's literally nothing there it's like an actual ken doll where there's no genitals it's just this so glenn is considered gender fluid at this point because he doesn't have the typical male parts to be glenn but he feels deep down like, I'm not just Glenn, 
the gentle soul. There's an, like I said, there's another darker part of me that is very violent and angry and feminine, which we come to find out later on in the movie. So Chucky tries to find the right male vessel, and they believe that they have found it in the in Red Man, the rapper. Oh God. Red Man is a rapper turned director and is trying to cast jennifer in his new movie about the nativity story which is odd but then again mel gibson did passion of the christ so again odd but not not yeah as i say it's odd but not uncommon you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so Redman is trying to cast jennifer tilly for this role and she wants it but she's also trying to gain it without having to put too much work into it she tries to seduce Red Man, but gets drugged and passes out. And then Chucky and Tiffany decide to drug both of them. And instead of going out and finding a child to be the vessel for their child, Glenn, they decide we're going to knock up Jennifer Tilly with Chucky's sperm. And whatever baby she has is going to be the, the body that Glenn falls into. That's gross. It is gross. And it's very odd, considering the fact that A... Chucky actually, like, there's an actual scene of Chucky masturbating to a Fangoria magazine, and he successfully masturbates into a cup. And then Tiffany takes a turkey baster to an unconscious Jennifer Tilly and inseminates her with a turkey baster. I don't know how I feel about any of this. This is yeah. gross. So that's why I'm surprised that you haven't seen that movie. I'm actually glad I didn't <laughs> see this fucking movie. My God, that's <laughs> gross. Oh. Oh, my God. Sorry. That that is just like there's some wacky shit happens in this movie. So through some other misadventures, Chucky and Tiffany have this talk with Glenn because Glenn, being the gentle soul that he is, he doesn't actually condone his parents for killing people. Tiffany sees this as a warning sign. She thinks that we probably do have a problem, like an addiction to killing people. Chucky doesn't believe it's an addiction. Killing people is Yes, it's a crime, and yes, it's harming people, but it's not something that he can just turn off. You know, it's not an addiction like a drug, but Tiffany believes that it is. So she believes that we should quit killing now for the sake of our child to make him happy. So he's like, fine. Doesn't fully do this, mind you, because he still goes out and kills people. He kills Jennifer Tilly's gardener. He kills a bunch of other people. And Tiffany even slips up at one point one night. She overhears Jennifer and Redman are talking, not only did Jennifer not get the part for Red Man's movie, she tells him she's pregnant because she believes that he's the father, and he confines in her and says, well, it can't be me because when I moved out to Hollywood, I got a vasectomy to make sure that something like this wouldn't happen to me. He's like, so there's no way that baby could be mine, which makes her upset, makes Tiffany upset. So we're like, okay, now we got to get rid of this guy. So she kills Red Man, and it's revealed later on that there are paparazzi people who are trying to get pictures of Jennifer. Some of these like subplots in the movies just sometimes don't make sense. But throughout the movie, we see Jennifer interact with her driver named Stan. And Stan kind of has a bit of a crush on her. And he tries to tell Jennifer how much he feels about her. And she kind of gets a hint or a feeling that he likes her like that. But he's never really verbally confirmed it. So all this weird stuff happens. And then uh, there's an even more like interesting moment where Chucky catches a paparazzi of the press taking pictures of the house. And he actually did at one point capture pictures of Chucky the night he was masturbating to impregnate Jennifer. So now Chucky's like, okay, we got to make sure this picture doesn't get out. So he takes Glenn on a boy's night. 
and they go out they track down the photographer they kill him accidentally but still he gets killed accidentally yeah so glenn doesn't want chucky to kill the guy so when chucky's about to spring on him and kill him glenn comes out yells no scares the photographer causes him to back up into this uh rack that has like all these photochemicals because in this movie the the photojournalist still uses film photography when he's taking these pictures so he's got all these like chemicals on the on the shelf he bumps into the rack one of these vials of chemicals hits his head, crashes, and it causes acid to burn his face and kill him. So Chucky sees this as Glenn's first kill, and they take a picture of this happening. What? Yeah, and not only does that happen, but I can't remember if it's on the way to or from this guy's photography studio. They interact with somebody who looks like Britney Spears. It's not really Britney Spears, but it looks like Britney Spears. And she cuts Chucky off, and Chucky gets pissed. So he runs her off the road and causes an explosion. No way. Yeah, which, again, it's a movie where it's like, I want to recommend it because it's funny. But but it's it's, too funny. It's so far out of left field with its weirdness that it's almost like you. Like, you say you didn't watch it the entirety, but you, when you heard me talk about the masturbating scene, you're like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch this now. I'm but glad like, I didn't, because that's fucking disgusting. I don't want to pu- see puppets fucking getting it on or masturbating. So, long story short, Jennifer has the babies. She actually has two twins, a boy and a girl. Oh, no. And the night she gives birth is when Tiffany and Chucky and Glenn reveal themselves as being, like, these living dolls. Like, we're the ones that got you pregnant word it's all craziness like this is just one big crazy roller coaster movie of a a family of living dolls comes to life and just wreaks havoc on hollywood almost jennifer has the babies in that night alone her assistant joan gets killed by glenda who is glenn's alter ego the dark feminine killer side of himself chucky accidentally kills stan the driver who was going to be his vessel that he was going to transfer his soul into i say was because right before they're about to do the ritual after after jennifer has the babies after they decide what they're going to do with glenn glenda because they realize now that their child is not just one child it's two different children we have the gentle glenn and we have the gory Glenda, I guess is what I'm going to call him. Gory Glenda? Yep, because Glenda killed Joan, the assistant. She reveals that I am the dark side of Glenn that he tries to keep suppressed, but I am also the half of yourselves that you either try to repress or the type or side that you try to embrace, which is the killer side. So Tiffany comes up with the idea, well, Jennifer had two babies... And we technically have two children in one vessel, which is Glenn. So this way, Glenn can have both of his personalities be split into two different vessels. And then we can still have our vessels and Jennifer Tilly and Stan, the driver. Mm-hmm. But getting caught up in all of the chaos that is, you know, screaming babies and Tiffany encouraging Chucky to just try to do the ritual. He kind of has a breaking point. Where he's like, I can't do this. This is not exactly what I was hoping for when I was trying to get a body when I started doing this whole voodoo stuff. He's like, this isn't exactly what I was hoping for. But he also has this in mindset that I am more of a notorious icon as a killer doll than I am as just some 
person's driver, you know? And Tiffany's like, well, I want this for myself because I want to transfer my soul into Jennifer Tilly so I can be a star that I never was, you know? So that's that's her motive into doing all this. And Chucky's like, well, I don't want to be your chauffeur. Because even if I, he's like, even if I do transfer my soul into this vessel, I still have to deal with the consequences of pursuing my killer side to myself. And I have to evade the law. I'd have to worry about getting sick, getting old, and dying all over again. And he didn't want to deal with that. So he figured as a killer doll, he's more notorious in that sense. And he's like, I can do more as a killer doll than I could as a regular schmo. And he's like, I might as well just stay the way that I am right now. And that causes Tiffany to get upset. And she says, well, if that's what you want, I'm not supporting it. She's like, I'm still going to do what I want. And I'm going to do what's best for our kid. And I'm going to go ahead and we're going to do this ritual. Chucky sees this as a sign of her leaving him and taking their kid away from him. Which he doesn't want. So that's why he gets angry. Lashes out at Tiffany causes him to kill Stan by accident. So the police do show up. They take Jennifer and the babies and they bag up the bodies there at the house and they're at back at the hospital. And it's just this, again, it's this long continuing weird story of Tiffany trying to get what she wants. Is there an ending to this? Yeah, so the ending is, is that at the hospital, Tiffany subdues Jennifer again. She is able to complete the ritual and transfers her soul into Jennifer's body. Glenn faces off Chucky, who has followed him to the hospital and tries to kill Jennifer. Glenn is able to defeat Chucky and kill him. And then Tiffany goes on to perform the ritual and transfers Glenn and Glenda's souls into the two kids. It kind of ends off at this five-year epilogue. So, like, five years later, the kids are a little bit older. They're children. Tiffany, Jennifer, is, like, dealing with a nanny. And she's saying, you know... Glenn is a fine kid. He's a really sweet kid, but I cannot work with your daughter, Glenda. She is way too evil. She's way too mean, and she's mean-spirited. And she's, you know, says, like, there's just something wrong with her that I can't work with. So Tiffany kills the nanny, goes back to the party, and Glenn receives a gift, and he opens it up, and it's Chucky's arm. Yeah. And then it kind of leaves off at this weird, like, a cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, it may not be the last that we see Glenn or Chucky, but that's kind of, like, where the movie kind of ends. And it would be a while before we would see another Chucky movie. So, Seed of Chucky was released in 2004. The Curse of Chucky is released in 2015, or 13, so almost 10 years later. Yeah, nine years. So, this is my review on it. I said, this had some creative death scenes with an odd twist at the end. I'm not really a fan of movies with meta themes or tropes in them. The whole point of making a movie is telling a story, and while horror films aren't exactly fantasy genre-based films, the movie plot should still just be that, a fantasy. I think when they try to incorporate meta stuff into like horror movies, especially something like this, it's kind of hard. Like, I get that you're doing it for fun, but it's like, again, for me, it just doesn't do what it does. And overall, I gave this movie a 4.5 out of 10. What did you think? Well, since I didn't really watch it... Okay. And I'm not going to review it because I didn't watch it. I mean, sure, I watched a few clips, but I don't even know the whole movie. So uh, for okay, this one, I'm not going to uh, say what I think. What clips did you see, though? The beginning, shit like that. I don't know. That, really. And also where um, Glenn is, like, running away. Oh, from the ventriloquist Yeah, that's guy? all I've really seen. That's it. But I've never really seen the whole thing. Yeah. 
So I really honestly don't know. So I'll just take your word for it. So we're going to end this episode by talking about the Child's Play remake that was released on June 21st, 2019. Has a runtime of two hours and was directed by Lars Klevberg. Now, we did talk about this movie a little bit more in depth on our remake debate. So if you want a little bit more of an in-depth conversation, I would go back and listen to it. But we'll talk a little bit about this one. Now, let's not talk much about this because we already talked about it before. I know. But I know. But this actually came out the day of our wedding. Uh, not wedding. Of uh, our anniversary. The June 21st is actually our dating anniversary. Yeah, June 21st was the anniversary that Kyle and I officially became a couple. And I actually did write down here five-year anniversary. So this mm-hmm. was released on our fifth year yep. anniversary together as a couple. And I think we did go and see this in theaters, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, Which we. I was not happy with. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed in that because I was like, it doesn't really quite do for me what most horror movie remakes do. Like, I get that. Like, when people when people hear that a movie is going to be remade, they cringe because we don't like seeing sometimes movies shot for shot, frame for frame of the original. And while I do understand that it can be very annoying. I think the way that they went about with this remake wasn't quite what I had expected. Because I was always thinking to myself, how would they do a Child's Play remake with the same concept? What they did was they decided to take the story and change it in a completely different way. I would compare this movie similar to Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. It doesn't really have anything to do... But that movie was better than this movie. No, but here's the thing. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, is a Halloween franchise movie that is non-canonically connected with the Michael Myers story, right? Mm -hmm. Child's Play Remake is a Child's Play movie that is non-canonically connected to the Chucky the Killer doll that we've all come to know at this point in time. It's its own standalone movie, and the synopsis goes... After moving to a new city, Andy Barkley receives a special toy from his mom, a buddy doll that becomes his friend. And my issue with this, and I'm going to read my review, and like I said, I feel like this movie was similar to Halloween 3, that as a standalone movie without the Child's Play title on it, it would be a great concept of an original film. I will give them credit for casting a more diverse cast than the original films did. So that's my issue. And I did pull up some things, like fun facts about it. Don Mancini, who was the creator of the characters and the series, is not involved in this film and has, along with Alex Vincent, Christine Elise, and Jennifer Tilly, expressed his lack of interest in it. Mm -hmm. I do get it. It's a pretty interesting film. It stars... Aubrey Plaza, Gabriel Bateman, Mark Hamill, Brian Tyree Henry. It, it stars, like I said, it has a pretty diverse cast of characters. And Mark Hamill, who we all know to be a type of actor who can play all different types of well, he's roles. He's definitely a method actor. He is definitely one of those actors. He, he plays like a, a variety of different types of roles in I mean, he could know, play, movies. He could play a good guy so well, but he can also play a villain very well more than yes. more good than a bad guy honestly yes and i feel like with this role as buddy or chucky this was supposed to be more of how the innocence of one's childhood can tr- truly be corrupted and traumatized in a sense mm-hmm. 
Because when Annie receives Chucky, or the buddy doll, it's like getting a brand new dog. They they meet you, they bond with you, they become attached to you. Yeah. And for the most part, they encourage you to do things that make them happy. But the second that you start to do things that you think would make them happy, doesn't make them happy, like try to attack your friends because you've seen them laugh at Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you think that by killing their friends would make them happy because it makes you laugh watching people get murdered on TV. That's where you kind of like draw the line and say, well, no, what's on TV is not real. It's a movie. Are you hurting my friends? That could really hurt them. And that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Especially for a kid like Andy in this movie who has a really hard time making friends has made friends and now they're like well we don't know if we want to hang out with Andy because now his doll who is programmed to do everything the owner tells it to do is trying to hurt people mm-hmm. and that's not okay so that's when it starts to become an issue it also kills his cat which I also didn't like also I remember you said you felt like you were having like there was like the frames or something where the light there was a lot of lights in the movie that kind of gave you like a, not a seizure but it was like it was kind of giving you a headache no didn't you say you had a headache watching this movie? I had a headache by how ridiculous it was. It wasn't uh, because of lights. I was getting I annoyed. There was something in the movie that had something to do with that. There was something about this movie that I truly did not like. And I can't remember what it was, but I don't think it was the lights. Well, this movie was definitely cringeworthy. It just wasn't the kind of movie that I was expecting for a remake. And it was kind of a bit of a letdown because it didn't have that same grittiness that the Child's Play franchise has been delivering so far with its movies. And I feel like when we think about the remake for Child's Play, like I said, it could just have been its own standalone movie. And it had a lot of 80s references. Like, this is clearly a movie about smart technology that has the potential to go haywire and cause harm to the consumers, which is us, the people. But it had a lot of 80s references. Colin, can you guess, like, what one of the references was, if you can see from my screen. Oh, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2? Well, that was the movie that Andy and his friends were watching oh. that oh, I don't know. they were laughing at. So there are very obvious call-outs to E.T., the extraterrestrial, throughout the movie. Chucky has a glowing finger that makes things work. Andy wears a bright red sweatshirt throughout the most of the movie. And Chucky learns how to do things from watching TV, just as E.T. does. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the podcast before, but I... I think you have. I'm afraid of the E.T. movie. <laughs> I cannot watch it. And I know you're we, giggling at me, Colin, but please don't. It's not my fault that I'm afraid of E.T., okay? Honey, I get it, all right? There are things that, sh- you know, some things people are so afraid of, but it's E.T. Alien, that alien E.T. was all so right. cute. Was I'm going to tell you all a story. Oh, no. I only very rarely tell people. Admitting that I'm afraid of E.T. is not something that I'm proud of. I tend to keep it to myself. Just to forewarn people, I'm sorry that this happened. So when I was about, my parents and I and my little sister, we used to, we would live in apartments a lot, but in between apartments, my mom and my dad, we would like move in with my grandparents for a time being and we would stay with them for a while. So at one point, when I was four years old, and I was staying with my grandparents, my mom's parents, and my grandmother had a knack for taking things that were seemingly innocent and having a way of turning them against you. So I don't remember exactly what it was that she said. She must have just said something along the lines of, 
oh that 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 alien character is so creepy looking and me being a, a person who found that seemingly harmless at the time started having nightmares about et attacking me and probably trying to kill me and as a four-year-old that's very traumatizing so from that point on anytime the et movie would be playing i would be incredibly uncomfortable i would feel incredibly like tense and nervous and just get really anxious a lot watching the movie or even just glancing at an image of the character itself it just freaks me out it's not a movie that i'm a big fan of and it's probably one of the reasons i why i didn't like this movie either i have however found that over time i'm not the only one who shares this fear of et so if you are somebody who also is afraid of et just know that you are not alone i see you i recognize you i recognize the fear and i accept you and your fears so that being said that is my story of why i don't like et all right so you're all set with your story how did you feel overall about the child's play remake i don't like it even i said in my old review that i hated it it made me cringe i wanted to puke but i couldn't so yeah i believe i said in our uh remake debate episode i gave this a 1.5 out of 10 which i, I gave this a, i think i gave this a zero you did yeah I think that was the lowest rate I ever gave any movie. Yeah, I think this movie on IMDb, it got 5.7 out of 10. Well, that's on them. Yeah. It actually is 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, which well, is they can not still, good. They could still suck ass. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but still. it's someone. People also ask on Google, is 2019 Child's Play worth watching? It's really not. Mm-hmm. I mean... If you want to give it a try, I do encourage you to give it a try just to, you know, develop your own opinion about it. I'm not saying it's a terrible movie. In my opinion, well, it's just... if you invested it, yourself into the movie f- franchise, you might as well watch it. Right. But just I, to see. But I'm really... That's on you guys. You know, if you want to be brave, be brave. <laughs> you know, like I did. And I really, like, regret... Like, I wasted an hour and a half of my life to watch that goddamn Two movie. hours. I wasted two hours of my life to watch that movie, and if I can do it, you can do it. So be brave. So yeah, like I always say, our opinion is not fact. We are just giving our opinion. Art is always subjective. Mm -hmm. If you like a certain movie or a certain franchise, you know, who am I to judge? Yeah, we're not ones to judge you. We will. We listen and we take in. We also won't judge you if you don't like the movie either. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, this wasn't the best remake i've ever seen it had its moments though it had its perks when when like when it killed that janitor guy in the basement of the building remember that yeah but i've seen better kills in three than this one i still like there were some parts in it that were like very Uh. terrifying like the woman in the uber car some of the things about this movie that were pretty interesting was like the smart technology was connected to everything but, it was uh, connected to, yeah. like, ring cameras. It was connected to security cameras. It was connected to the security <laughs> mechanisms of your house. But, to, uh, you know, cars. But stuff. honestly, I did not like this movie. I really did not. If I had to choose between this or Child's Play 3, I'd choose Child's Play 3. That's just how we felt about the remake. I think I think we talked a good amount about all three movies today. Good. Yes. So, if you made it this far into the episode, we're glad that you like it. If Thank you. If you liked it, definitely stay tuned for next week's episode when we go over part three. We're going to be talking about the Curse of Chucky, Chucky the Cult, cult of, of Chucky, 
and the TV show. Yeah, the Chucky season. And then we'll be talking about the Chucky season 2 trailer that was released a while back. Yeah, but we don't have to really worry about that yet. I know, but I just think that with the trailer being out, it'd be fun to talk about. Yeah, true, but I don't know. I mean, I would have to rewatch it again, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, so... Jinx. Anyway, so this has been a Abby Normal podcast episode. I'm glad you guys listened to us. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Yeah. I am your host, Aaliyah. Yes, I am your host, Aaliyah. And I... <laughs> and that's Colin signing off saying... Fuck Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart can kiss my shiny plastic butt. Here I am, slaving away over a hot stove, making cookies, making Swedish meatballs, and for what? A man who doesn't appreciate me. For a man who doesn't even wash one fucking dish. For a man who isn't even a man at all where it counts if you get my drift. Take it from me, honey. Plastic is no substitute for a nice hunk of wood.